I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Well, welcome to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. And like always, my name is Micah Keneally, and this is my co-host. I'm Josiah Keneally, and man, glad to be here with you, babe, and um, having some fun mm-hmm. recording these podcasts. We just want to say as a listener, thank you for subscribing, rating, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, and for listening. It's a right. joy to come into your lives and connect during this time. And we are joined today by one of our good friends, Brett Knutson. Brett, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you? You bet. We're doing great. We're doing great. The sun is shining here in Minnesota, and it's like 40 degrees above zero. Above oh, that's like zero. a summer day. You guys in can go January. out in like tank tops and shorts. Right? Can you believe it? I don't even have socks in right now. <laughs> oh, it's fun. And um, Brett Knutson is, I think, Brett, the best way to describe you might be just a friend of ours, but serial entrepreneur. You've started a lot mm-hmm. of companies, several companies, including most recently, I think one of many projects you're working on is Monopolize, helping leaders scale brands. And um, today, this episode is really going to be in your wheelhouse, Brett, about leadership, Mm -hmm. um, starting things and entrepreneurship. And so if you're listening and you have a dream in your heart Mm -hmm. and you want to start something, or maybe you recently started something, whether that's a nonprofit organization, a ministry, a company, or maybe you're one of those people who is doing all three, like Our world is becoming less and less compartmentalized and so much more wide open space. And Mm -hmm. so Brett, thanks for joining us once again. And would you be willing to kind of just share some of your leadership experience of how you ended up starting a company or calling yourself an entrepreneur? Uh, So I basically, my first company that I thought I started was uh, something I co-founded with a a mentor of mine. And it was a very public and very terrible failure. And so um, I I actually thought that I was not cut out to be an entrepreneur after that experience. And so um, my background is in sales, which is kind of what most people who, I didn't go to college. And I feel like most people who don't go or drop out of college, they end up in sales because it's the only way to not make minimum wage. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I am just going to go back into sales. And I was selling cars uh, for car dealership when I um, was talking to my mom and my mom is chronically disabled. And uh, as a result of her disabilities and the fact that my parents are divorced, uh, she had she had lost her license and just couldn't leave her house. So she was just alone all day, every day. And um, she would kind of live vicariously through me and my siblings. And I felt really bad for her and wanted to um, find a solution for her to meet some people nearby that like the same things as her so that uh, she could actually go out and make friends. And so um, I was trying to find a solution and couldn't at the time because it was like 2012. So meetup and Facebook groups and a lot of that stuff weren't a thing. It's true. So being super naive, uh, I decided to create a solution for her, which became my first actual company that I, that I co-founded with a friend, um, called hive. And, uh, so I got back into entrepreneurship, trying to help my mom, not because I wanted to be an entrepreneur necessarily. And I think that so many times, um, leaders see a need. 
And it's like, if you will see needs around you, maybe it's a personal need, a familial need, a need that is common to a lot of people. That's where honestly innovation comes from at the core is like, Hey, there's a problem and we're going to make an attempt to solve it. And I love that you went there of, um, just talking about what you would maybe consider a failure. And I I don't necessarily consider it a failure for you. I look at like Edison invented so many things. And he said, you know what? I discovered a number of ways not to invent a light bulb, Mm -hmm. hundreds of different ways. And, um, I love that our path, Mm -hmm. Brett, our journey as friends crossed, um, actually when, We were um, both attending Cedar Valley Young Adults, where I was starting a a young adult ministry, and that's where our paths crossed. And I'll ask you in a second about that, but you had shared with me one time, just to go back um, to starting things, founding things, you had said to me one time, like, Josiah, what other space Mm -hmm. besides digital technology and social media could you have literally hundreds of thousands Mm -hmm. of users and be defined as a failure. And I just like, that has stuck with Mm -hmm. me. You know what I mean? Thoughts on that? Yeah. So Hive, um, we ended up raising millions of dollars and ended up having hundreds of thousands of users. And, uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of reasons why it ended up failing. Um, I ended up, uh, as a result of trying to kind of carry the company myself due to, uh, investment capital that I was kind of told was coming and never did. Uh, we, we basically ran into a brick wall going like hundred miles an hour, uh, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a month in burn. And, uh, and I tried to self-finance that, which I don't know if that's something I ever told you about, but I tried to self-finance that to the tune of half a million dollars in personal debt. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my wife, God bless my wife, uh, went full tilt in with me and we both took out as many credit cards as the companies would let as, as like the credit card companies would let us take and max them all out. We were paying our rent with credit card, uh, with like by basically we would take the credit card and Venmo ourselves the money to pay rent. Like we were doing a whole bunch of stuff that you would not recommend in your book, Josiah. And I would not (laughs) recommend it either, by the way, um, looking back, but, uh, I just had so much belief and conviction and I didn't really know when to give up or quit. And so we ended up getting to the point where uh, I had $87 left on my last credit card and $0 in the bank. And we were about to be homeless, literally. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I had met a lot of really incredible people, which I mean, my entire story, uh, any success I have is, is because I stand on the shoulders of, of other people. I mean, I've had incredible, incredible people around me for every step of the way. Um, And so I had met some other people who were successful with various types of online marketing and and other things. And they said, well, what do you know how to do? Uh, And I said, well, I know how to raise money and I know how to start uh, an app and like build an app. And they said, you should teach people how to raise money because a lot of people want to know how to do that. And so while everything was like going up in flames around me, uh, I started a digital accelerator called Capital Academy. And we ended up helping about 50 different entrepreneurs raise $30 million and their fees and, or sorry, my fees from that program uh, is how I paid off the debt and like got out of a terrible scenario. Wow. Um, So, and actually James, 
who I know you remember, uh, who's the one who actually introduced me to the young adults group uh, that you ran. James uh, is still working with me today, worked with me on Hive, right, was a part owner of Hive. Uh, so he's been working with me for over eight years straight and went into uh, tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt with me, which I uh, later paid off uh, his credit card debt for, as a thank you for believing in me. And um, I mean, we so we went through that whole journey together, too. So, yeah, it's pretty it's been a crazy, crazy ride. And yeah, now I run Monopolize and an agency box, which is a software company that helps agency owners. And both of those businesses have been growing uh, incredibly fast and we're very blessed and fortunate. And we have an amazing team out here in Vegas now, which is where we live, uh, as of the past, like two and a half years. I love it. Brett, thank you so much for going there and being vulnerable because when you go vulnerable, vulnerable right away, you set the stage for the rest of this conversation. And I just want to like encourage the leader, like who's listening to Brett's story and to know that if you started a ministry and it's failed, if you started something in the marketplace and you feel like you failed, or maybe you actually have failed, we feel like failure is, is nothing more than fuel on the fire that can, it can help actually spur you on, become more innovative, um, force you to, um, get into the prayer room. If you, if you choose, if you choose to do that, but also it, it illuminates who, who's believing in this, who's around me. Do I have a church family? Do I have friends that believe in this? Do I have business partners who believe in this? Do I have, you know, the ability to cast vision and have people follow me essentially, not just on social media platforms, but in life in general. Yeah. So even for James to stick by your side, Oh my word. Like what an amazing testimony for him to say, you know what, I'm going to, you're going to be the Moses and I'm going to be your her, and I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hold up your arms during this battle of trying to get out of debt. I'm going to hold up your arms and to know that we need to have those people in our lives, no matter who we are, no matter what role we're in and what we are dreaming about. Like we have to be able to one, share the dream two take the risk three, clean up the mess if you need to, but four, surrounding yourself with those people in the process. And we know that we work with a lot of young adults, both millennials and Gen Z, and we have seen a lot of a lot of entrepreneurial individuals who are going to school, whether it's business, whether it's communication, whether it's PR, whether it's you know whatever it is, it can be business related, or they just want to be a social media guru. I don't even know. But um, Brett, I would just be curious to to hear your insight of this because of where you've lived and what you've seen and what you've been doing these past I don't know 10, 12 years already probably. But what trends are you seen in younger generations as it relates to the workforce and you can take it any direction from there. Is there anything that really stands out with the people you've come across? Yeah. Um, I would say number one is, uh, younger people want to feel like listened to and heard and they want to feel empowered. And um, they want some level of autonomy. And I think that uh, that's a huge trend that, that we've certainly seen uh, in our business. And so we have unlimited paid time off, which sounds insane. But what's amazing about it is it's actually a self-selecting culture. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you take paid time off uh, so much that you do a terrible job, then you end up getting let go, not because the amount of paid time off you took, but because you're not getting your job done. Right. And so if you're a high performer and you're getting your job done, uh, in less time than, you know, the, the amount of time that you have to work, like you could theoretically take a day or two days off every week, if you're really efficient with your time, you know what I mean? So we reward 
the high performers with flexibility to work from home, with unlimited paid time off, uh, and with a lot of autonomy and empowerment. And, and I also have uh, meetings that where, where I'll, I'll meet with um, various different people in, in my companies and I'll sit them down and I'll try to basically hear them out, figure out what their visions and goals are for themselves mm -hmm. and see how we can kind of try our best when possible to align their goals with our goals. So that way we can kind of help them achieve their goals while, while they're here. Um, and, you know, try and encourage them and help them to feel like, uh, like they're heard because, um, you know, that's the, the biggest culture shift. I think that, that we've seen in this younger generation is just wanting to feel empowered, wanting some level of autonomy. Uh, and I don't think that our generation is lazy. I think that they just, uh, you know, they, they grew up with, um, instant gratification, which is probably the greatest challenge. So the, the greatest downside mm -hmm. is everybody wants to be promoted overnight or they, you know, want to, um, want to kind of be instantly, uh, moved forward, but for the people who are doing an, a phenomenal job and going above and beyond, if you're a fast growing company, um, like in our case, I mean, we have some people who we've promoted three or four times in the last 12 months, you know what I mean? So, uh, that'd be, mm -hmm. uh, my two cents there. And then in addition to that, I would say that, um, understanding social media and, um, understanding, just the internet in general is like a mandatory prerequisite for most jobs for our generation. Um, and so that's been something that has been maybe more biased and heavily integrated into our business because we do personal branding and corporate branding and we do a lot of work on social media for clients. Um, but it definitely uh, seems to be a broader trend. I mean, you look at like Elon Musk, mm -hmm. um, you know, and his personal brand, he can affect the the value of Tesla by billions of dollars through one tweet or one decision that he makes as a, as a human being um, that might not have anything to do with Tesla, but it's because of the power of social media and personal branding. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I tell you what, it's been fun to watch. Um, and, and maybe fun, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I guess it's fascinating to me to see, you know, like I'm intrigued by it, the, the globalization of our world paired with the technology and the advances in digital spaces and seeing things like the cusp of web 3.0 and, oh, and you have, mm -hmm. you have, you know, so much more about it than I do, but I also look at there's early adopters like Bobby Gruenwald, like Craig Rochelle and life church that there's already VR church services happening where people could. And so what I'm saying is like innovation and creativity, they, they mean something and digital is an unlimited opportunity. There's shadow sides to that undoubtedly, mm -hmm. but there's also opportunity mm -hmm. as well. And, um, Brent, I guess one of the things that I would just be curious is to go back on something that you shared earlier. Can you take us back to, to some of those moments? I've heard you talk about in, incredible challenges that you faced. Maybe it was um, selling everything and moving to Silicon Valley, or um, like you said earlier on the episode, like self-financing. And, and in those moments where it feels like the, the pressure's on, could you speak to the person who feels like their back is up against the wall and maybe they feel like a personal failure or maybe they feel like they've made decisions that weren't the greatest mm -hmm. and now they're, they're like, they're feeling stuck. Like what, 
how did you get unstuck or what would you share to encourage somebody who just feels discouraged, downtrodden, down and out, maybe even depressed and, and they need some hope? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, there's obviously circumstantial uh, exceptions, you know, like if you're feeling, um, if you're feeling depressed because you lost a loved one, that's a lot different than if you're feeling you know, depressed because you feel like you're doing nothing with your life. Right. So there's various different ways that you can, mm -hmm. that you can feel down. Um, but I would say to someone who more specifically, which is the question I think you're asking, uh, or the question that I think that you were asking me was kind of, you know, speaking to someone who feels like they're, they haven't made the best decisions up until this point in their life, they're lost or, they um, just feel depressed because they feel like they're not doing, you know, all that they were meant to do or called to do. I would say uh, the, the first thing you want to stop doing is comparing your chapter one to everyone else's chapter 10, because uh, man, do people do that way more often than they realize. Like I, uh, I know a lot of people probably might see me as outgoing or extroverted when in reality, I, my entire childhood, I was super bullied and extremely shy. And I had uh, literally one friend uh, named Nick, um, sometimes no friends, uh, never more than two friends all the way up through freshman year of high school. Like I, you know what I mean? But it's, it's I, my charisma and my communication skills are something that I cultivated intentionally over the course of well over a decade. Mm -hmm. um, it was a decision that I made that I didn't want to stay that way forever. And so um, the same is true with my life in business. You know, like I slept on the floor because uh, I couldn't afford a mattress of an illegally modified 1200 square foot house in Silicon Valley um, that I shared with 20 other people, which no one believes, but it literally, I mean, we're talking like the garage was converted into multiple bedrooms. The living room was converted into a bedroom. Everything in that house was, except for the kitchen was converted into a bedroom. And I shared the bedroom that I was in with my co-founder. So I didn't even have the bedroom to myself. I'm sleeping on the floor and it took 20 months for me to raise money for Hive because I didn't know a soul. I moved out there knowing no one. Mm -hmm. And so I had to network my way and and fail my way because I screwed up. That, that's the thing that people don't talk enough about. It's not like I spent 20 months doing nothing. I spent 20 months burning opportunities. So I would get an opportunity to present for like the, the co-founder of TechCrunch and I would screw it up because I wasn't prepared properly. And then he would have to coach me into what I did wrong. So that way I could hopefully do less wrong the next time I had an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, people don't talk about that stuff enough. And, uh, and since you don't see it, I mean, I'll, I'll, a great example of something no one saw was me being half a million dollars in debt. I didn't share that with anyone because I was super ashamed, mm -hmm. super ashamed. And it was also frantically scrambling, trying to get myself out of that hole because I went from being a multimillionaire at 25 to being, to having a negative net worth of half a million dollars and almost being homeless in a matter of just a few months you know, with how much money Hive was spending. Cause we had people on six figure salaries. We were spending $60,000 a month on our dev team alone. We had our AWS bill, our hosting bill. If you can imagine a hosting bill for something that's hosting hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, it was like we could solve world hunger or pay our AWS bill every month. And so, um, you know, that's, that's something that people don't talk about uh, often enough. And mm -hmm. when they're going through it, they don't talk about it usually at all. Right. right. And, uh, and, so 
it's uh, I would just say stop comparing your chapter one to, to, to someone else's chapter 10. Stop uh, comparing your blooper reel to everyone else's highlights on social media because that's not realistic at all. No one's life is as good as it looks on social media ever. Um, and whatever you're trying to accomplish with your life, if you don't know what you like, start trying things. And if you know what you like, but you're afraid to, to put yourself out there, just do it one step at a time is the way that you climb a mountain. Right. Right. And so, um, that would be my, some of my advice for someone who's in that position. That's so good. Brett, thank you for sharing. Like, like I said, he's being vulnerable, raw and real with the listener and with us today. Yeah. And, um, if, if you have any, if there are any fans of the house of shark tank, that's one of Josiah and my favorite shows oh, to watch and to see like, they are true people and many of their stories or their families or grandparents are truly like a regs to riches story that came over to America, or they were not, you know, doing well in the, in the States once they were here and they had to build themselves up just like you have done Brett of just realizing and recognizing like, wow, I was, I was bullied or an introvert, or I just didn't have a lot of friends. And I had to force myself to decide who I wanted to be and who I was created to be. And to know that everything is a process. We're never going to arrive. I don't care what anybody says like, Oh, once I get married, I'm going to arrive. Once I plant this church, I'm going to arrive. Once I, you know, make a million dollars, I've arrived. No, no, no. What I found out when you think you've arrived, you look at each other and you go, well, now what? Yeah. Then what? Then what? (laughs) What It was like, okay, is it going to be $2 million that we want to raise? Is it going to be, you know, like sponsor a child in this country? Like, we have to settle down in our spirit and really reflect on like, what am I called to do? What am I, I don't want to just be a visioneer. Like I want to be a pioneer within this space. And how do I do that? And Brett, I want to, I want you to pretend that you are, you're the shark right now in the shark tank. And I want you to, because it's one of our favorite shows. I hope you like it too. (laughs) (laughs) But for the leader who maybe is like walking through the doors and they're wanting to start a nonprofit, they're wanting to start a ministry, a side hustle, a business, you pretending that you're the shark and they're pitching to you, whatever dreamer desire, what advice or insight can you share for that person who needs to take that first starting step? That's a really good question that I want to address, but I also want to point out something really uh, brilliant that you said, which is that people always think that they're going to arrive. Right. And you, and one of the, one of the most toxic uh, elements of that is one of the most common areas where people think that way forever is money. Right. And it, I swear it's like, it's almost like it takes incredible wisdom, which is super rare. We're talking like a fraction of a percent of people, incredible wisdom, or it takes becoming a multimillionaire in order to know that money is not everything and that there's no end to that feeling. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because what makes us so unique and incredible as human beings is our ability to adapt. Well, guess what? We adapt very quickly to our arrivals. Right. And so then that becomes what we're used to. And then we always need this next big thing, this next big thing. And so um, it's, it's one of those things where the, the sooner you can realize that life is about the journey and it's about progress and it's about serving other people, like the sooner you can kind of realize that uh, it's not all about you and your arrival, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's good to have goals. Um, but I think that uh, a lot of people, like you said, they get too fixated on that. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But uh, going back to your question of um, what I would say, if somebody is uh, running a nonprofit and they're trying to raise money, I would say that storytelling and video is your friend. So like the, your ability to tell a story, a good story, 
is going to impact your ability to raise money. Ironically, if you're trying to raise money for a privately held company like a for-profit, the same is true. Your ability to tell a story is the most powerful thing that you have. And uh, there might be people who will, who will um, argue that against, well, you need to have a pitch deck and you need to have a business plan and you need to have you know, all these other things in place, a minimum viable product, yes. But if you can't tell a good story, none of that matters. Wow. So storytelling is the most important element of it all because in an early stage of a business, whether it's a nonprofit or it's a for-profit, the people investing into that business with their time and their energy and their resources and their money, those people are betting on the horse or sorry, the jockey, right? So they're betting on the person, not the idea. And so uh, a big part of being able to raise money or get customers or, um, you know, get donors is by being a really good storyteller. And if you look at, you know, Steve Jobs, I think has a quote saying like, who's the most powerful person in the world? And he says the storyteller. And I think that that's 100%, 100%, 100% true. So learn to tell a compelling story. And if you're you know, running a nonprofit, you'll be able to pull on the heartstrings of people in order to cause movement from them. Uh, and if you're raising money, you'll be able to pull on the, uh, you know, the, the strings of the investors. Like that's the most important quality that you can have. I love it. I love it. And uh, we're all drawn to stories. Narrative is such a powerful concept. And um, one of the things that I just firmly believe is rooted in, in wisdom and in Proverbs is it just says, um, Solomon wrote this. He was an ancient king and he said, walk with the wise and you'll grow wise. But a companion of fools is going to suffer much harm. And Brett, I feel like knowing you and then watching you and you're always learning, first of all, and you're always also surrounding yourself with high level leaders. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, you can take it wherever you want to go, but what's maybe some of the best advice that you've ever been given? Ooh. Oh man, that, so I would argue that the best advice that I, I would argue that there's best advice in like every single category of life. So like, uh, but if I tried to like come up with the best advice that I've been given that touches every area, it would probably be from, uh, I have a mentor in Canada named Terry, who I adore and who is in every way, the type of person that I hope to be someday. Um, and his life is, is remarkably similar to mine. He's got four kids and um, successful in business, but also uh, he's on the, the board of many very large charities that you and I uh, both love dearly, like uh, International Justice Mission and others. And, um, and so Terry said, uh, I said, how do you find time to be a dad of four kids, a good husband, a successful entrepreneur, a philanthropist, <laughs> like, uh, like, you know, spending time with God, like, how do you find time for all this stuff? And he said, uh, you don't you make time for what your priorities are in the order that they, that you say they're in. And he said, most people, they set their, they say their priorities are one way, but they live them out a different way. And he said, the reality is, is every time that you make time for a priority, you're going to inevitably be sacrificing uh, the best case scenario for another, you know, item on that list. Mm -hmm. And so if you try to find time, you just won't find it because there's always important things in all areas of your life that need attention, uh, that need attention. So 
for me, like there have been many times where I've said, you know, my, my marriage comes before my work. Well, if I know that my marriage needs attending to in an area and I choose work instead, then I'm not living by what my priority, by what I say my priorities are, regardless of how important and urgent my uh, work stuff is. And so there have been times in my life where I have had to let a fire burn in some other area in order to attend to what I have decided my priorities are, right? And so this idea of making time, not finding time, is uh, really, I think, kind of the opposite of what we see a lot of people living out, which is why you see a lot of very successful entrepreneurs who have been divorced five times, Mm -hmm. right? And so I don't want that life. I don't want to be a billionaire. Uh, and have, you know, a terrible relationship with my wife and kids. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and I can keep going up all the other scenarios I'd also don't want, you know what I mean? So I want to prosper in every area. And, and in order to do that, I have to make sure that I'm living out the priorities that I've set for myself. That's amazing. I love it. I guess that resonates also with Josiah and myself. And we know we have about eight minutes left of the, the show today and just want to end. Um, should I do five and five? Yeah. We're going to do five and five. You ready to have some fun? Sure. This has been a heavy mess. I'm already having fun. You are good. Okay. We're going to have even more fun. All right. So this is five and five, five final thoughts, Brett. And we're going to start kicking off with number one. If you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Uh, I would say... passionate um i'm trying to come up with like a synonym that makes more sense uh grammatically for like the word effort like i try really hard yeah i try like i driven but but like i yeah striving maybe striving um and Yeah, you wouldn't think that that'd be such a hard question to answer. Maybe uh, generous. That's a really important value that I uh, to me. Love it. I, I love that you've you know shared about priorities and values because those are really important to hone in on mm-hmm. and both discover and some of them can be determined in, in, in as far as a pre decision as well in the process. Uh, Brett, the question two is. If you could share your dream in a sentence, how would you summarize it? Um, living by what I say my priorities are in full. That's good. Wow. Okay. Question number three. Um, what has surprised you about the next generation? Surprised me? Um, I would say how... Hmm. Uh, it's taught me how intuitive people are, Mm. you know, like watching, watching how quickly my children understand things that I don't, uh, is pretty eye opening. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I, all the dads out there just said, yep. Yep. I know what you're saying. Uh, no matter the age or stage either. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. Uh, and that's about the next generation. And You know, Brett, one of my favorite things about young adult ministry and leaders is relationships. 
and friendships. And I feel so blessed that our paths crossed at Cedar Valley Young Adults. And there's just um, shared experiences, memories, fun times that we share. But what makes you think like um, discipleship efforts or young adult ministry um, leaders in that space? What do you, why do you think efforts with reaching the next generation are so important? Uh, to me, it's, it's like the most no brainer. <laughs> I mean, like that without, without the next generation there, there, there's nothing beyond that. You know what I mean? So, um, we, we constantly have to be, uh, very self-aware of not just only putting ourselves and our needs first, because it's, um, it's not serving, you know, the future at all. It's not serving the next generation at all. And I think that um, it's very easy to get caught up in our own self-interests, uh, you know, because we're always striving and, and everything. But if you're doing that, in a, <clears throat> I think that a lot of people are doing that in a way that's actually doing the opposite. It's damaging and it's harmful to the next generation. So wow. that's good. That's good. How about question 4.5 oh. is if you could ask Mike <laughs> today, what would you want to know? Hold on. What was that? What was the question for? I just heard 4.5. Question four and a half <laughs> is if you could ask Mike and I any, any single question today, what would you want to know? What do you want to find out? I would want to know how you stay in so much joy. I, 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 so the, the actual question that you sent me, uh, beforehand said, do you have any fond memories of, of you and I, and my fond memory is when I first met you and I was like, there's no way this guy is as happy <laughs> <laughs> and getting to know you better. It's like, it's so profound that, uh, you just have this radiant joy and it's, and it's, fully genuine, fully sincere, and it's remarkable. And it's something that stands out to every single person that knows you. And I know that because I've talked to several people who know you who said the same thing. And so, and you know, Micah, certainly the same is true with you too. So uh, that would be my question for you guys. Oh man. I think our source of joy, I think, I don't want to say it's a Bible answer, but I'm like, it has to come from the Lord. Of course. I mean, it has to come from the Lord. But one thing that we really value in our home, it's one of our core values is to have fun. Like God did not put us on this earth to, to hate life, to, you know, not point people to Christ and to not laugh, excuse me, not to laugh and enjoy every moment that we possibly can. There are down times and there are dark moments, but it's like, wow. I think Susie Larson says this. She says the, for the, for the Christian, this is hell being on earth. For the non-Christian, this is as good as it gets being on heaven. Wow. And I think that was a very profound thought that I had had a few years ago when I was talking with her and a bunch of women at a uh, woman's thing. And when she said that, I had a realization of like, wow, I have an opportunity to spread joy or to just be grumpy and have the non-believer wonder, you know, why would I want to be a Christian? So I think it's those small moments in life of just taking it in and just realizing that we're not going to be on this earth forever. And what we choose to fill our mind and our heart with is, is just going to overflow in everything we do, our parenting, our work, our marriage, our relationships with others and the ministry, which we're leading. So 
that's how I would kind of answer it. So I don't know what you'd say, babe. Man, I, I think it's a really kind um, thing for you to say that and definitely fond memories. And joy is one of the things that people, if they were to probably say like, what's the most frequently asked question you get? I get this question a lot. Like, why are you so happy? Or what's, you know, why are you joyful? And um, they'll ask Micah because she's married to me. They'll be like, does he have bad days? Is and he ever that happy? Is he always that happy? And I'm like, and for the, the most part. Yeah. <laughs> is, I have challenges that I face regularly. There's struggles that are very real to me in my life. And yet I've tasted the goodness of God in the land of the mm-hmm. living. And man, I have, I've had mental health challenges when I was young. I had tension headaches. I've been a perfectionist. I've had anxiety. And, and yet God took me from a really dark place and he filled me with hope. So I attribute it not to my own doing, right. but to the work of the Holy spirit and the fruit of the spirit. But I will say that when I am down, I find a way to run, to exercise, to pray, to get in mm. God's presence, to, to listen, to encouraging word. Oh He's the gosh. words of affirmation. So oh my gosh, and yeah. my, faith me up. <laughs> and I look for faith me ups. If I'm down, I'm calling my friends who I know are going to pick me up. If I'm down, wow. I'm going to Google or YouTube search Jack Vale, and I'm going to watch him. <laughs> if I'm having a rough day, I'm going to listen to some encouragement from Levi Lusco or, yeah. or just, you know, from the word of God. So as we come to a close, Here we go. uh, babe, what's real, real quick. I love, I love what you said. Uh, and also the, that you guys have a core value of have fun, which yeah. sounds like such a, you know what it's like? It's like, uh, I always tell people that you need to schedule in free time. Yep. It sounds like such a why, like that sounds dumb. Why would I do that? But it's because if you don't do it, it doesn't happen. Well, if you don't have a core value of have fun, it's probably a lot less likely that you'll have fun. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> true. I like I, that. I'm going to add that as one of my own core values. There you go. Mind. And I always have a saying in our house, and this is not prideful. I just jokingly always say this to Josiah. And I go, Josiah, people would pay to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Mikey, you're right. Wow. They would pay to be your friend, wouldn't <laughs> you they? Guys. I'm like, yes, they would. <laughs> So having fun in our house and it's a core value, but back to last and final thought. We want to hear from you, Brett, if we were to hand you the microphone and you were in a room with college um, ministry leaders and young adults, and just, if you could leave them with one thing, what would you say to them today? I would say. that the best thing that you can do for yourself and others, if you believe in what you're doing is to persevere because, um, the, the easy thing to do is to give up or to quit. And that's the only way that you can actually fail. I think that failing is a verb. It's a part of life and it's a part of the journey to success. I think that being a failure is a noun and it's a choice. And I think that um, if you uh, believe in what you're doing, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how messy the road is, no matter how much it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like, perseverance is the best thing that you can do for yourself and for others. What a note of encouragement to leave Micah and I with and a listener. And Brett, we just got to say thank you so much for spending this time with us and with young adults today. Um, We're really grateful for you, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. It's good to catch up with you guys. 
Absolutely. And if you want to find out more about Brett Knudsen, you can connect with us at the website at Young Adults Today and across all of our other platforms. Once again, this is Micah and Josiah signing off. Until next time. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Plug me in. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.